Hi guys, Sean and Miriam here and welcome to That Staff Room Podcast. Every other week we will be chatting about all things school related, from school dinners to Ofsted ratings. Join us in the conversation as we delve into the life of a teacher, the good, the bad and the downright hilarious. Now, lesson is in session. Hi Miriam, welcome to this week's podcast. Um, How are you doing? Hey Sean, I'm very well, thank you. I'm excited, it's our first podcast. I know, and it's gonna launch. the first <laughs> week of school, school's back Ooh, in suckers. School's back from summer guys. So this <laughs> podcast, and thank you for listening to our first inaugural podcast, mm. um, we recorded this episode actually a while ago now, and um, we thought this would be a great opportunity to reintroduce it as it focuses on why we teach and whether you are new to the profession. And if you are, welcome. Yeah, welcome to the profession, guys. Or whether you're kind of a bit <laughs> longer in the tooth and you've been reflecting over the summer as we usually do, or maybe, you know, you're a little bit anxious about coming back and you mm. uh, need to remind yourself why you do this. Yeah. But um, <laughs> hopefully you find this as fun as we did. Um, let's get into it. The first podcast, Why Teach? So this episode is about why we teach. So Miriam, why, why do you teach? <laughs> why do I teach? That's a, that's a million dollar question. Um, I suppose you have to understand how I got into teaching to understand why I teach. So I used to do pediatric nursing and I hated it. Oh gosh, I just remember kids like, projectile vomiting and having to go and clear it up and there was just like a few defining moments like that where I was like I can't do this but I like working with kids and you know I want to be caring and kind but what can I do and I had a patient actually um who's about 14 15 and he was a stab victim and all of his friends used to come on the ward and uh, to visit him and I'll just end up chatting to them for, for ages literally at the detriment to other patients I think <laughs> machines <laughs> and, um, going off yeah, yeah beeping <laughs> cardiac arrest <laughs> I'm just there chatting away to these kids and just got to know them and got to know kind of their their spirit and I loved it I loved them and I found out that they were at a school that was really close to my house um, and so yeah I just had a few moments where I was just like oh like I maybe I could do something to do with these guys. And so basically after, I don't know, another project of vomit situation, I decided to write to this school and just said, you know, anything I can do to help, reading, basketball, anything like that, you know, I was quite sporty at the time and or quite creative musician, stuff like that, anything I could do. And the school wrote back to me and just said, um, would you come back and be a behavior manager? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know what the heck a behaviour yeah, manager is. <laughs> but I did it. And basically uh, what happened was, so it's January 2008, they um, got taken up to this this room. It was at like the top of like a, I think it was a four, four levels, four um, floors to this block. I was at the top of the block and they gave me my own classroom and about 10 to 15 kids who were like, at risk of exclusion. They were all involved in gang-related violence. They were all known to the police. They were just, you know, they were kids that the school had given up on, basically. And they just put them in a room and they said, do whatever you want with them. Like, we don't care, just keep them in school. <laughs> so I was like a 19 wow. year old kid myself with this bunch of kids, like, what am I gonna do? And that was literally how I started my journey. And um, so yeah, so I got in like a graffiti artist and we, they, basically the school was getting knocked down. So they, they didn't care what I did in this classroom. So I got a graffiti artist in, we graffitied the walls with like positive affirmations and positive words. And we we're like, okay, this is the culture of our classroom. Mm. Um, and yeah, we just did lots of creative stuff, music, art, dance cook it like we just did loads of stuff there was no maths <laughs> no <laughs> english <laughs> no actual subjects um and i had the time of my life and i loved it i really really loved it and um over that time there was some real transformation that happened with those kids i mean not all of them i can't lie but with, with some of them there's some real transformation and i just i love being part of that and 
yeah, a, a, a teacher that worked here was just like, you know, you should go into teaching. You're really good with the kids. And, and you know, youth work doesn't pay so great. So I thought, you know what? Okay, um, I'll go into teaching. And it just I just kind of fell into it, if I'm honest. I just, yeah. I just fell into it. It was everything kind of happened, you know, in the sequence of events from from literally going from this patient on the ward to to, to coming to school being offered this random job and not knowing what the heck I was doing and and then yeah the school trained me and I went and did my GTP and became a teacher and that was my route into teaching and so why do I teach gosh it's it's all about the kids all about the kids the kids pulled me into teaching um so yeah that's that's my story you snuck in. I snuck in <laughs> <laughs> on a youth work degree as well. So, um, yeah. What about you? How did you get into teaching? Why? Why did you go into teaching? Well, so I, I, I hated school. So mm. um, I, I went and, and I can say this now as someone that's been in education as long as I have. I went to a really bad school. Mm. So I, and I can, you know, I know the reasons why it wasn't great. Um, but just to give you some kind of context, it was like 30 percent of students got a star to C, mm. um, and I wasn't one of them, by the way. So I didn't get all my five. Um, and I was such a kind of like intrigued person. Like mm. I really wanted to like know things and learn things. Curious. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But I just, um, well, that wasn't captivated by the school and mm. worked on. And it didn't until I went into my like studies as, as A levels. I did actually start A levels and then quit. And then on the way home from quitting my A-levels, I just popped into another college and see if they'd sign me up to a media course. And during that course, I just did everything to do with music through media. So every time there was like an assignment to do a um, video, I'd do a music video for my band. Every time hmm. I would do a photography um, session, I'd do photography for my band, etc. And it just kind of spiraled. I was like borrowing equipment at the weekend to go and do stuff <laughs> with my band. I was like using the studios to record um, like acoustic sessions, even though it was supposed to be for a radio. And like the the one of the course teachers, very young, just saw this in me and was like, "You need to continue doing this type of stuff. Mm. You've got you know real passion for it." And there's a HND at the college down the road. The college I actually quit from my A levels. Mm. What's a HND for so, those H that don't yeah. know? So it's like a it's high national diploma. It is like a BTEC, but it uh, is at the level of a university degree, but not quite enough credits to get a degree. Mm. So after you finish it, you can either keep the HND okay. um, or you can keep the HND and then get a degree as well. You can mm -hmm. finish off with like a, a one year uh, finisher or a two-year finisher but it just depends on you know how compatible the courses are mm -hmm. so I did mine in music production and I didn't have to there was no UCAS points or anything like this it was like <laughs> I, I sent a portfolio to the teacher he said you need to get GCSE maths go sort that out so I did some night schooling got that sorted and then I started and it was like uh for the first time I was the top of the class so there's like 14 students that started it. And I think there was only four of us that finished in the second year. Oh, wow. And I was like, like getting <laughs> distinction after distinction after distinction mm. after like a just educational career of not doing well. And it was all because of like, I had a subject first of all that I was like directed into that I was passionate about, but mm. also the, the teacher and the, the course leader was just like an amazing human being to be around. He was like so passionate about the subject mm. and just made things that were like really complicated and really kind of abstract relate to what, what I'm learning and why it's important. So for instance, we might be talking about psychoacoustics or talking about how the inner ear works, but with a purpose, I, I know that that's relevant because I want to record my band and make mm -hmm. the best sounding, you know, um, recording ever. Yeah. And uh, now I know that this microphone will work in this room at this position <laughs> because the physics say so. Yeah. And, you know, just loads of cool experiments that we did in the room. You know, we'd, we'd trap a sound wave in a room and you could hear like you could go into the middle of the room and it would be really loud. But then you could go to the edge of the room where the like the the node of the sound wave is at its <laughs> lowest and it would be silent. And I'd be shocked. Like, I can't believe what is going on. Like, you know, um, and you just had a way of it. So that just was such a transformational time for me. Like mm. I was very at risk of going down, you know, different routes, different paths, different influences. Sure. And it just completely transform, 
formed everything. I mean, I'm the first person in my family to go to university, um, you know, and I, that was never a dream of mine. Mm. But I, and I never knew what I wanted to do until then, until mm. I was like, I want to have this impact on mm. other people. You know, sure. I want to like be what this um, teacher is to me. I want to be that to other people. And um, originally it was going to be, you know, music technology lecturer, but I kind of fell into music teaching um, bizarrely. And um, I found from instead of like loving my subject, which is the reason I, I guess I got into teaching, I suppose, mm. through the love of the subject, it became more about I just love working with mm. young people. And I think... Um, that's an interesting point, really, because yeah. there are those two types of people, right? So yeah. there's like the love of the subject people yeah. and the love of the working kids. with young people. And yeah. yours is clearly... The pe the kids, yeah, the young people. Yeah. And yours is kind of tr translated over time, like it's changed over time, right? It started mm. with the, the love of the subject into both the love of the subject and the love of the kids, um, which is really, really cool. Have you ever gone back to your old teacher and just said like how much of an impact that they had on you? Right, do you know what? Like last year, yeah, last year I did, right? So what happened was a, a teacher at our school mm -hmm. came up to me and he said, oh, um, a student, an ex-student of yours, um, I know him, I met him through church and he wanted me to let you know that he's doing really well and like he wanted me to thank you for like, you know, doing some, like working with him when he was younger and like inspiring him to do stuff in music. He's got his own studio now. This oh, is wow. his link. So I, I like, I, I couldn't believe, like that is like, as a teacher, yeah, you yeah. can't describe That's what that feels like. That's the holy grail of teaching, 100%, right, right. I just <laughs> couldn't believe it. I was like getting goosebumps. It was like really yeah. emotional, right? So I found him online. And, um, you know, I just connected with him and said, thanks for reaching out. I'm just so mm. proud of you, you know. And I sent him some music um, that he'd recorded when he was like 12. Oh, wow. Yeah, that I've still got. Because like, Crazy. you know, as a music teacher, like I've got every single piece of music that any kid has ever written. Like I've got it <laughs> and I listen to it. Like it's like, I don't know why, but I, no, well, I do know cool. why. No, yeah. I listen to their music because it brings, it evokes just a moment in time, right? So, mm. you know, I, I know all the lyrics to the songs you rapped, right? Oh, so, you wow. know, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, like, and I was like, you know, so I sent them to him and stuff like that. And um, I was like, that's cool that he reached out. So I reached out to um, my, this lecturer yeah. and um, said all of the things I've just said to you and more, you know, some, and he reached back to me and he said, um, he's just got in touch with someone that inspired him. Oh, and wow. he said, uh, hopefully, you know, you've started a little bit of a, like, you know, a kind of like. Pass it forward. Yeah. yeah. But I tell you what, like that is to anyone listening. Yeah. Do that. Just yeah, go back yeah. and let these people know because yeah. I can't describe to you the feeling that it gives. It's awesome, isn't it? It's yeah. is such an awesome feeling. And it's just like that's the reason why at the end of the day. Isn't yeah. It? That that sometimes you may not know your reason why before you start teaching. Mm. But when you're in teaching, it quickly becomes your reason why if you didn't have one previously, you know? Yeah, I think we're we're for all the teachers out there. Like the ones that know this and get contacted mm. are very lucky, but there will be, t there'll be ex students out there that feel that way and have never said it. Just like yeah, you yeah. feel that way about someone and have <laughs> never said it, you know, True. so. Taken you how many years? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Crazy. And like, I've, I've told loads of people about that experience, mm. but never told. Wow. Him, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, the, the power of a teacher, right? Like yeah, the power yeah. of an Everyone maybe has seen the Ian Wright, um, is it Mr. Winks? Oh, or was it? Was no, it, no? Was it Mr. Piggott or Mr. something. Mr. Piggott, that's it, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but it, those moments exist, yeah, right? they do. And like, for me, I didn't have like the most positive experience of school, but there are some teachers that definitely did. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shapes their career. Like they, mm. they start teaching because they just love school and love teaching yeah um, to be honest with you though i don't know that many people that have had that experience really where they loved school and therefore wanted to become a teacher like if anything i feel like i know more teachers who they couldn't do. <laughs> so basically they wanted to be like a musician or they wanted to be an artist or they wanted to be i don't know whatever it is i remember my own um geography teacher at school who's actually my tutor mr batista if you're there if you're listening um he wanted to be a weatherman 
<laughs> he wanted to be a weatherman, but he was too tall. And is that a thing? <laughs> yes, it's a thing. Apparently, that's what he told us. Anyway, um, I think you'd be a really good weatherman if you're tall. You could like see the weather coming, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's. <laughs> I think he's lying. Oh my gosh! Well, he—that's what he told us. So it's like. And then so he couldn't do that and so became a teacher. And I feel like quite a lot of people I know, teaching's more, almost more like a, a backup Side plan. piece. Yeah. Yes. Like it's it's very rare that I've met people. It's like when they were growing up, they were like, I want to be a teacher when I'm older. And it's kind of like people have all these other dreams first. Mm. And then it's like, oh, it's not worked out. <laughs> I'm going to be a teacher. And I think that's really sad because like teaching such a great profession in its own right and it's it's such an important one it's such a noble profession there's like it, it's it's one of the best jobs you can do in the world but yet it's almost got this rep of you know if you can't do what you wanted to do first like oh then teach you those know those who can't teach <laughs> those who can't teach teach <laughs> sorry guys sorry guys <laughs> Just get the footballs out and the cones and we've got oh, a lesson. Blow a whistle. <laughs> no, we're only joking. We've got a lot of love for PE teachers, but there yeah. is that kind of thing in there. Like 100%. those who those who can't do what they originally wanted to do, you know, teach or, you know, you've got things like teach first, like teach first and then you can go off and do other things. Like, you know, it's a great program, but it's, it's important like to know and understand that teaching is... There's a narrative there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting, but you're you're saying you've you've met people that had great experiences at school, and then like they wanted to be teachers themselves, right? Yeah, but I I don't know if I noticed this more because it's the opposite of me. So like I will pick up on it immediately when people start recounting their like school days, right? And like you know how they felt about you know opening up their results, and, <laughs> and they just I, I didn't have that experience at all. Sure. So maybe I just notice it more, but I do yeah. you know. Particularly English teachers. Yeah, yeah. It's always the English teachers. Yeah. They always loved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, you have to, I feel like English teachers, to be an English teacher, you have to have loved school when you were at school. Like, there's, you wouldn't choose to be an English teacher otherwise. There's just too much marking for one. It's not like math teachers, tick and flick. Like, it's too much reading. There's a lot going on there. Like, you have to have wanted to be a teacher. You have to read, I'm sure, some absolute drivel as well when you've got marking some of those essays. And the handwriting, oh. like unpicking it. Sometimes you feel like a code breaker unpicking some of that handwriting, but yeah. I feel if you are at university studying English <laughs> literature in particular, you are you are an English teacher in yeah, waiting, yeah. aren't you? What else could you do? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? So true. Unless you're going to be an author or, you know, write the verses in Christmas cards. I, you <laughs> Is know, that a job? I guess, well, it must be, right? That's a great job. Mm. Maybe I should do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the pod. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I guess the other big thing is teaching for the holidays right mm. so i get this a lot i'm sure you do yeah holidays are great uh, you just check in at nine leave it free yeah yeah you know what do you think about that is that a reason to teach <sighs> i think it is some people's reason for being a teacher um i don't think it's a good reason but i think it is some people's reason for being a teacher because let's face it sean like we get a lot of holiday you know like right now Owens, it's like three <laughs> three months a year off <laughs> It is a lot. <laughs> we get a lot of holiday and... Um, it's not the whole story though. No, it's like, it's so not the whole story. And if you are just going in it for the holidays, then gosh, you are going to have such a surprise because the reality is like as teachers, we are working late nights doing all of our marking our planning in the holidays we're running extra clubs we're extra intervention for revision sessions you know for exams like your your holidays get taken up like you never really fully take a break mm. I don't think from teaching and you know we've we've both you and I have done so many like holiday like summer schools or like graduation classes to go into the next year group or whatever it is. Like we've done so many of those things that, yeah, if you're going in, in it for the holidays, you are going to have a severe shock. That yeah. is for sure. Results <laughs> day in the middle of the summer. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's true. So like I, I was ahead of sixth form 
for a while and and so in the holidays you'd have um, a level results day but you get the results the day before the kids so you come in on that day then you come in on the day of the kids and then you're often coming in the day after for their offers and then the the following week you've got GCSE results so again you're coming in the day before the day of and then the day after because it's enrollment into sixth form as well and then in our school the following week after that we used to have senior leadership residential where where we would be away for two days and and be doing work for school I know that's not every school but that's like three weeks of your summer holiday interrupted by school mm. and then you have the eight week term that comes after the summer holidays from September to October and whoo if you were expecting a nice long summer holiday mm-mm it doesn't happen. <laughs> and like the planning and yeah, and it, like, like so, things like planning you would expect after teaching for ten years that you <laughs> would never have to plan another lesson in your life. Mm-hmm. But you are always trying to improve them. Yeah. Curriculums change, and like you, you, I've never had a scheme of learning that I've just taught fresh from the box. No, so it's always like crafting Updating little bits. It yeah, constantly, and then like you've got to think. Every year you have different classes, right? Yeah, different so needs. every yeah, you have different needs. You have different, you know, SEN needs, or you have yeah, whatever it is, and and so you can't just roll out the same stuff. No, like, it just doesn't work like that. So yeah, if people go into teaching thinking it's just for the holidays or it's just because it's that eight till three thirty life, it is not that. I can promise you, it's not that. Talk to any of our partners, it is not that the late nights the the very early mornings the, the the days in the holiday that you're you're doing stuff it yeah it's not as simple but um i can imagine teaching is amazing to go into especially if you're a parent like if you have kids and and then you're having the same holidays as the children yeah that must be great like we don't have kids right now ourselves and um so we we don't experience that but i can imagine that is a good reason to go into to this kind of profession i think mm. it's, it shouldn't be the only reason but it must be a good reason if you're a parent right yeah of course and i i like neither of our partners um are teachers either no that's true. so they have to like holiday with us yeah and with all the kids that are off at the time like yeah, family yeah. holiday time you know and, and it is like high up those practices oh big time like i've tried i've been going to like go away with my family a couple of times mm. and they're like can't you just take a, a day off no yeah. i can't i can't day just earlier. take a day off two like, days earlier like, i can't do that like it's not possible you know yeah. um so there are like yes you do get a lot of holidays but there it's not as simple as it looks mm-hmm. you know you don't just read the headline there are some like fine print that you need Definitely. to really really think about if that's your reason have you ever yeah. have you ever met a teacher that like clearly doesn't like children or young oh people oh my gosh yes i have in fact i've met a few and it confuses me because i'm thinking when did you think this would be a good profession for you oh. you know but i think it goes back to what you were saying before there's like almost two types of teachers there's the ones that go in it for the absolute love of the subject love of the game yeah like they love their they love their subject they like they would research it every day all day if they could yeah. and then you've got the, the the teachers that are in it for the kids and then you know then you've got the 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 interpreters teachers both right mm. so you've got i suppose three types of teachers but i think that often is the teachers who perhaps have a passion for their subject maybe maybe they did an english literature degree yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, i'm joking i'm playing i'm playing but maybe they did you know a degree that they really love they're really passionate and they just didn't know what to do with it next and so it's, it goes back to those who yeah. <laughs> go and teach and they've gone into teaching but failed to recognize actually you need to have a love for the kids or for children to do this job because how the heck can you do it if you don't love the kids you can see it in the way people walk like just dragging their feet (laughs) you know the disdain in their eyes and (laughs) just like disappointment when i guess kids are being kids yeah and don't love the subject like they do yeah exactly (laughs) yeah it's true oh that is so true but i just how could you get up for work every day like if you didn't if you didn't love the kids. It's a struggle anyway. Yeah, and the kids feel it. Yeah, exactly. It's a struggle anyway. <laughs> Even when you love the kids. Like yeah. it's a struggle anyway, let's be real. But um yeah, like it's the, the kids feel it. The kids know. And if I'm honest, if you haven't got a love for the children, 
they're not going to give much back, no. quite honestly. And and I think that's where you know you're going to have behaviour issues. Mm-hmm. That's where you're not going to have a huge amount of engagement. It's going to be it's going to be a tough gig. That it's a big barrier. Like I was dealing with a student um, this week, you know, and one of the big barriers for him was he just thought that the teacher didn't like him, mm-hmm. and you know, wow, what an impact that has. And and she didn't know. So mm. when she came to speak to me at the end of the day and collect him um, for his attention, I said, like, just, just to let you know, he, he really thinks you don't like him. Mm. And we had this amazing chat for about half an hour, you know, of wow. the three of us where he just said everything that he felt. And, you know, it's only been a week, but he's been doing well <laughs> in lesson. Yeah. Um, but, but, but it's just that perception can be so powerful when, mm. you know, they know or think, you know, that you don't like them. Yeah. Um, so if you don't like them, you know, like that's a really mm. difficult situation to be in because, um, I, you know, it just, I don't think teaching's for you, quite frankly, you know, yeah. you know, you have to enjoy working with young people and ultimately you're going to be their sponsor, their champion, their, totally. you know, you have to be everything for them. And it's not the same as having your own children a hundred percent, but you do have to have that kind of care you know because yeah. from the moment they come into the school to the moment they leave they are your children your you kids. know yeah. and, and legally you know you have similar rights <laughs> yeah. as a parent whilst they're here you know you have totally. that duty of care and you do need to care for them like your own um but let's move on let's move on what what do you think that your best thing about teaching is what for you is the best thing about teaching oh that's a very 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 good question um do you know what it it can only be you can only experience the best thing about teaching when you've been in it for the long haul and so it's only when like you see the kids grow develop change go off into the sunset to do what what they want to and then they come back and they say oh this is this is who I am now kind of thing like that's the best bit about teaching like yesterday I was um I was just like walking around the school and I went to two of my colleagues um, lessons and they were teaching year seven and I started to get really emotional and I started crying because actually the two teachers that I went to see, I had taught them when they were in year seven. Mm. And it was like this really like, like I just had this really overwhelming moment because they were just smashing it out of the park. Like they were doing amazing in this lesson, in their lessons. And I just felt so proud and just, so humbled that they had been my kids at the same age as what they're teaching now and now they've gone full cycle through the school gone off to university stayed in touch through university then they come back as teachers and now they're here doing the same thing for other kids and I just that was the best thing about teaching for me like totally is that long haul and I know there's the short-term gains because I mean there might be people here thinking I can't stay that long (laughs) like with one cohort to to experience that but like you know there are those moments in the classroom where like kids eyes come alive and they're like wow I really understand it and you know there's those great gains as well but for me it's it's that long haul that comes with teaching you know a cohort seeing them through and seeing them just change and develop as, as young people into adults that contribute to society that's that's the best part man what about you i think i mean it's similar in the respect that it can't be gained overnight but it's like Mm. particularly working for pastoral or do you know what no i'm there's there's a few things right i'm gonna be greedy and take two one is you get to experience like students first experience of something right you know so i'm yeah. one one that sticks out for me was i was watching um students perform at a concert right and they never performed before mm. and i could i could um they did their performance they sung and they come off stage and like they were like high-fiving each other <laughs> and i was like i've just witnessed like a moment yeah. in their life that like they will remember forever wow so yeah. that is like you can get that on your first day potentially like that sure. is something that you can see super cool and i'll always remember it mm-hmm. but there is also that relationships aspect where mm. particularly when you work with a few students that you know um especially from a pastoral perspective you, you work with students that are perhaps in the most difficult experience um, circumstances more frequently yeah. yeah um but it's when at first you'll support them um yeah. by approaching them and like intervening but then, you know, after a while, they'll come to you and mm. they will look at you as someone that can support them and can advise them. And like, I think it's that type of relationship that, you know, you cherish the most that you feel like, you know, I'm having an impact on this yeah. person. And they're like, they care, they rely on me. 
well, you know, maybe not rely, but do you know what I mean? They, they yeah. look to me for something that I can give them, you know, yeah, and yeah. that is really rewarding. Yeah. Um, we get so much from it, right? Like 100%. from the transaction, like, yeah, we give, like teachers give a lot, but we get a lot as Definitely, well. Yeah. Like I remember um, walking to the bus stop with, with a former colleague of mine and she's just an amazing, inspiring leader herself. And I just remember having the conversation about, you know, oh, I just feel like I'm always giving and doing this. And like, I was having a bit of a rant, a bit of a moan. And she's like, yeah, but Miriam, you're, you're also getting a lot. Like yeah. you get back so much from the kids. Like you go away feeling good every day because you know you had an impact in a child's life. And when she flipped it on me like that, I was like, yeah, like, gosh. Like it was, it was a bit of a moment where I felt quite humbled and 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 challenged because it was like yeah okay we give a lot and you know we wake up early a and we're lot, doing all this lot. stuff we get a lot a lot <laughs> but we also get a huge a huge amount back um and it's incredibly rewarding so yeah that's that's the best bits definitely i know you've touched on this already because mm. i think i know what you're going to say now okay. but what is the worst <laughs> the worst part about teaching the worst part about teaching i've already mentioned it um oh gosh the worst part about teaching has got to be autumn one. <laughs> For those who don't know, so there's there's three terms a year and there's autumn one and autumn two, spring, spring one, one two, spring two, summer one, summer two. Yeah, so autumn it. one, why is autumn one so bad? It is the longest, just most intense term of them all. Like you've just come off the summer holidays, you've got eight weeks ahead of you you start off with so much promise yeah. <laughs> you start off with so much excitement and revigoration for the year ahead like we're gonna do this yeah we're gonna change the world since the right moment and then it keeps going <laughs> and going and going and the term starts to get colder and darker mm. and then like you start to leave work in the dark come home in the dark like that's more maybe autumn too so let's just call it autumn term yeah how about that before christmas <laughs> before christmas it is painful that is the worst bit about teaching and yeah if you are just about to start your journey into teaching like it's okay guys <laughs> it gets better spring is coming spring is coming but it is definitely an intense intense term and i think for me that's the worst part because yeah those are the moments you can definitely question am i in the right career because it's just long days every it's year <laughs> every year yeah. and we've got combined years of what 23 years mm. yeah every year yeah, it's painful. Yeah, and like I know it's coming, and it still doesn't make it in any easier. I know that all, I'm like, <laughs> I'm building myself up to it. I'm like, come on, you know, this year's going to be different. This, yeah, yeah. No, it will always be difficult it because will always be hard. Yeah. It was eight weeks long. You're yeah. hitting the ground. You're not hitting the ground running. You're hitting the ground sprinting, and that's the, yeah. the issue. You know, you come back and you're starting from a point of rest and respite, mm -hmm. and you have to then get things up and going again, and mm. um, it's difficult. And if you're ahead of sixth form or like ahead of year eleven or something like that, yeah, you've you've also had the intensity of the, the couple of weeks previous yeah. as well, like I said before. And so yeah, it's it, yeah, it's quite it's quite intense. It's quite intense. And, and it's also the time where you have like all the parents evenings, target setting days. Christmas show. Christmas show. Yeah, you've got lots, there's mm. lots going on in that to open evenings. Lots is happening in that particular term. Mm. So it's, and it's, yeah, it's just hard. You've also hard got work. as well, like, you know, when new staff start, particularly new leaders and they've all got their you know they want to show their impacts pretty quick and before you know it you know there's being meetings and there's yeah. there's a new initiative and stuff so new initiatives every september yeah. and also you are improving on the things from before you know you've got your results mm -hmm. you can start you know looking at your marginal gains and things mm -hmm. that you want to like improve on so there's a lot of planning as well a lot and, and i review. suppose if you know as well ofsted might be pending Ooh. Oh, I know that's going to be another episode. Uncle Ofsted. Uncle Ofsted. <laughs> if you know Ofsted is pending, you start September, like almost, I know we shouldn't like work towards Ofsted. It's, you know, uh, we yeah, all know that. And we don't blah, hear, blah, blah. actually. Like, yeah, we don't. Thing, we you know. know, we know that, but it's still at the back of your head. Like, I need to make sure I am always Ofsted ready. And mm. maybe it just adds that extra layer of trepidation going into the year. So yeah, the worst part about teaching is that autumn autumn term mm. pretty pretty tough but you get through it 
Yeah. Every year. And it's, yeah, yeah. Before we know it's spring. <laughs> and then summer. Yeah. And then holiday. And then, oh, so it's and come back. And the cycle begins. Yeah. Do you know, like, it is that kind of thing. When someone tells you it's the longest day today and you're like, oh, it means tomorrow's going to be shorter. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know, like the mindset change. And it, it's similar when you get to autumn one and you know you get to that half-term holiday and the clocks mm. go back. It's a mindset change. Mm-hmm. You know, people's mood does get, do get affected by like yeah. the weather and the circumstances. Totally. But as long as you're aware of it and keep being aware of it and keep kind of supporting each other, you, you can get through. Yeah, definitely. Okay, guys. So every episode that we do a podcast, we want to have a little section that is called show and tell. And the point of show and tell is essentially just to shine a light on a new resource or something that we found inspiring to watch. Or maybe it's a Twitter handle that we've been following that we thought would be really great for you to follow. Whatever it is, we wanted to show and tell you about it. But for this first episode, we decided to show and tell ourselves <laughs> and why not we are doing a new podcast and we want you guys to jump on board get involved with the journey get involved in the conversation and so we wanted to highlight all the different places that you can find us right Sean exactly so uh you know sorry for shining a light on ourselves but that's right <laughs> sometimes you gotta do it do you know what I mean? so the first place we would love you guys to head over to and look at and check out is our website so it is thatstaffroompodcast.com and over there you're going to find loads of different things you're going to find obviously um, links to our blog and updates that we're posting about um, things we're up to um, when the next podcast is going to drop all of that good stuff so please do check us out on thatstaffroompodcast.com what is it Sean what is it (laughs) thatstaffroompodcast.com and um, you you. can find us on all social so we're on LinkedIn Instagram Mm -hmm. TikTok even so uh, bear with us with that one Twitter um, (laughs) YouTube we're we're basically on all of the channels and what I would say is that you know we're just starting out and um, we want to grow this thing as big as possible we want to have the biggest conversation possible with as many people Mm. so the more that you kind of get involved the better it will be for for everyone hopefully that's the kind of vision behind this but bear in mind guys tiktok is new for us we aren't as down with the kids as we first thought (laughs) no definitely not so we are learning so be kind be kind everybody but do check us out yeah so just leave comments ask questions and we'll feature those mm-hmm. questions in the next show particularly like any any posts that we put with uh, questions on answer them give your opinions yeah. and um, we'd love to share those with everybody else and just one final thing of show and tell is we'd love you guys to review us so listen to what we've got to say maybe check out our blogs and other things um, and then give us a review and please be kind five stars we love a five star review hey Sean yeah I mean if you could Put the what went well in the review column and then the EBI in the private message, you know. That would be be great. Thank you so much. We also wanted to do a little section in our podcast on educational news. And we thought we'd do it in the format of highlight, low light, spotlight. So what are the great things that are happening? Good news stories, feel good stories. What are maybe some of the things that are irking us a little bit? Those low lights that are just a little bit irritating. And also the spotlights. What do we need to think about? What maybe could we focus on over the next couple of weeks as teachers and educators? And so as I'm scrolling through the news and I'm looking at what's happening in education at the moment. So one of the stories that I saw, I don't know if you've read this one, Sean, but um, Sir Kevin Collins who is in charge of the COVID catch-up program for schools, he's actually just handed in his resignation. And this is huge because actually the reason he's handed in his resignation is he doesn't believe that the government is doing enough to give us funding as teachers, as educators, to help our students catch up after COVID. So here's some stats for you. So the government are putting in 1.4 billion pounds of funding 
into the education system specifically to catch up kids following the whole COVID lockdown situation. Now that sounds like a huge amount of money, right? But it only really worked out, according to um, Kevin Collins, as £22 per primary school student per year right? £22. Now, when you compare that with the USA, they're putting down £1,600 per pupil per year. And the Netherlands, £2,500 per pupil per year. And so when you can kind of compare that to the measly £22 average, just don't seem right. (laughs) Doesn't seem right. What do you think of that? What are your thoughts? I mean, when you put stats like that down, it just seems so stark the contrast doesn't it Mm. like it's just like uncomparable the difference yeah um completely what what does 22 pound look like what can it really bring because if you think about maybe additional tutoring that's like not even an hour for some tutoring companies you know it's 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 actually a really reduced amount of money and I guess I put it down as my low light because you know Sir Kevin Collins has done a huge amount of work in in creating a plan and um, a way forward for schools and, and ideas of what they can do but he just doesn't feel that the government are giving credible enough funding. And so, yeah, I I found that to be a really big low light because actually there's so much that we need to be able to do and offer our students, particularly those students who, you know, come from free school meals backgrounds, um, don't have that support perhaps at home, maybe don't have internet access, technology access, all of those different things that meant that they fell behind during the lockdown. Um, just I think this is this is a big big story however on the highlight front sticking with the same theme what I do think is really great and a real proud thing for the profession is is how much teachers have done this summer so in terms of like summer schools in terms of offering additional support and many of them are doing it for, for for free they're not doing it with additional pay involved I was reading a stat um, in the the very well regarded newspaper called The Sun, right? <laughs> but in The Sun, it was saying that sixty percent of teachers said that they are more than happy to work over the summer holidays to support our students. And I think that is such a great good news story because actually it just demonstrates how hard we work and how willing we are to go the extra mile. Um, and over half a million students went into summer schools. This summer to try and get get back on track with their learning so I thought that was a really great highlight to read about and and hear about um and then I guess that leads me to my spotlight which is how are we going to catch up our kids do we even call it catch up is that is that something that actually puts down students makes them feel anxious makes them feel nervous about the future ahead of them um or do are we quite intentional about calling it catch up work or um fill the gap work or whatever you might be calling it any thoughts on that sean catch up is it's a bit of a buzz phrase isn't it you know um and it implies obviously that there's something missing and um something else that kevin collins said was to stop having this exam obsession you know and i think mm. industry wise we are obsessed with exams that's that the nature obsessed, of schools in true, in, yeah. in a lot of ways it's what it comes yeah. down to all of the value that you add through kind of extracurricular and, you know, cultural capital. Ultimately, the students have to pass these exams. Um, and I guess when you have something like a catch up thing in place, it really my worry is that that's all we're going to be focused on is like catch up mm-hmm. just means exams, 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 exams. And these summer catch ups, they're going to be focused on just content and learning things yeah. by rote or, you know, loads of extra yeah. revision and um you know, for me, the best things about school aren't teaching exams, you know, um, obviously yeah. it's our bread and butter and I do yeah. love teaching aspects of the music exam, for instance, and I love all the coursework, mm-hmm. but school is so much more than that. And um, totally. I think we have to think about what else, if we're talking about a catch up, what else has been mm-hmm. missing for students? And it's, you know, that yeah. compassion that they might see on a daily basis from so many people, whether it's been their friendship groups, mm-hmm. their teachers, um, you know, or whether it's been those extracurricular opportunities, those um, opportunities to go to different industries and visit businesses and, and whatever it might be. But th- th- there's more to catch up than exams. And that w- that would be my fear really going in. Yeah. 
Completely. It's actually interesting you say that because one of the things that, that Sir Kevin Collins talks about is that he wanted to extend the school day by half an hour, which I realise wouldn't be um, necessarily popular with everybody. But one of the primary reasons he wanted to do that and ensure that it was fully funded was so that students were able to access all of those kind of enrichment activities and extracurricular things that do go so far in terms of building social relationships and developing you as a person and the things that we really remember at school are those moments aren't they so um so yeah I mean those are my highlights what like lowlights um highlighting the great work that teachers have done especially this summer you guys are awesome so many of we you I know have you. worked in summer schools we do so many of you done some fantastic work and worked really really hard some paid some not um, but I just want to say you guys are fantastic. Keep going. I know it's hard, um, but the work that you do has such an impact. Um, so don't stop. And then spotlighting, just thinking about what it is that we can do to make sure that students do have some level of catch up, but not just in the academic sense, um, but in all of those other things that make school just such a great place to be. And we'd love to hear your highlight lowlight spotlight so we'll be putting out a post this week please do respond with what you're focused on this week in education so i think it's about time to wrap this one up mm-hmm. we covered a load of different things and um you know hopefully you listening if you're new to teaching mm-hmm. if you are experienced maybe things resonate with you or maybe you maybe you're thinking about teaching or maybe even you just were a student once upon a time like us all and wanted to hear things from teacher's perspective. I hope you enjoyed the episode. But before we do that, we do have people that have sent in some questions. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every episode, we will answer your questions. So this one's from Ben. It says, besides an Ofsted rating, what mm-hmm. makes a good school? Ooh, good question, Ben. That's a good question. Um, doesn't Ofsted rating even make a good school, first of all? Let me just throw that one back. Yeah. Like, um, what makes a good school? Do you know what? I really think, I know this is such a buzzword, isn't it? Ugh. Um, but the culture of the school, like, is there a strong culture in the school? Like, we've both been really fortunate in being in a school that has a very, very strong culture. And what I mean by that is the mission of the school is very clear. So we have like a mission statement that is super, super clear. No Mm. one could miss what we stand for. And then we have like the values of the school that Mm. everybody knows, everyone can quote. Like it's done in the shape of a pyramid. It's like the kids know it, the staff know it. We all refer to it in everything that we do. And we believe in it, Mm. right? so the culture of the school is is super clear and like so you've got social justice at the top and then growth mindset professionalism and then independence integrity and relationships at the bottom and it's yeah just the cult like that has set the culture and the tone of the school that this is who we are and this is what we stand for and this is what we are working towards and then we've got the mission statement which is to prepare students for um <laughs> fully forgotten it university i know what it is i thought i got it the wrong way around preparing students for university and to be leaders in the community that's our mission statement and so it's just like everything we do is about pushing towards that and so when you've got a strong value system and a strong mission statement you can anchor your behavior management in it you can anchor the the priority of your lesson in it you can anchor like Anything that you do for enrichment in that, you know, in, in, in terms of like meeting that goal and, and serving that purpose. And so, like, I think what makes a great school is when there's a strong culture that everybody's carrying. It's not just something the head teacher thinks is a great idea, mm. but it's something like right from like the head teacher to the youngest pupil to across the staff base, whether it's like support staff, premises staff, cleaning staff to, you know, whoever it is in the school. Like, if everyone knows why we're here, what we're doing and what we're about, like that's what makes a great school. So if you can go into a school and say to a kid, okay, what, what's your mission statement or what's your um, culture pyramid or what, well, that's what we would say. What's your, what's your, what are your values? And then you could go to, you know, the catering staff and say the same thing. If they can say the same thing, those two people, then that's a good school, I think, because it tells you that the culture is strong and you can ground everything 
in that you can anchor everything you do from that place so I think that's what makes a good school what about you yeah similar I think you have to see it in action as well so you know it's all right that every school will have something on the wall every school will have something on the website so like you need to see if they're actually living that mission so you know how do the kids conduct themselves not just on an open evening because you can roll out all the bells and whistles on an open evening and like you know truth being told the best kids are there on an open evening. Yeah. So come into the school on a day that is just a normal day. Ask if there's, you know, a, an, an open day that you can go walk around the school. Watch the kids come out of school at the end of the day. You know, go to the, like, see where the bus stops are. How do they conduct themselves? Yeah. You know, like, um, and, and, and I suppose, yeah, just do some deeper research. Yeah. But it's on you to do that as a, as a parent, I think, you know, like yeah. ask or as the a questions. teacher looking for a new school, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Like go and observe, like watch what the students are like in lessons. Are they yeah. apathetic? Are they engaged? Mm-hmm. You know, um, is there litter around the school? These things, you know, there are loads of like indicators. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, um, results if you're looking on like the website for results or you know on the internet of results they can be sometimes misleading it depends on your context and where you are so for instance you know if you're an area that is really affluent what seem like good results like can be good figures but if the progress is negative or quite low then that's telling you that these students they probably should have achieved more Mm. you know based on their starting points and likewise if you're in an area that you know is um you know more disadvantaged to to put it bluntly i suppose would if that the the results may seem lower than what you anticipate but the progress might be really high because Mm. the students are coming in from for loads of different reasons right their starting points are so different exactly and but that the 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 value that you add through progress if that is really high then you know that that's a great school and yeah. you know that you know you can send any, any student child, there yeah, yeah and they and will do well pushed to do amazingly well yeah yeah that's such a good point actually um and just you know the other thing like are people happy yeah what does it feel like <laughs> what, what makes us good school happy mm. students and happy staff can you see yourself there can yeah. you see your child there you yeah, know can yeah, they yeah. see themselves there there's there's loads of you know things that are like hard to measure totally but you need to go there and and feel it feel it yeah that's all for this week folks thanks everyone for listening don't forget to connect with us on social media just search that staff room podcast links are in the show notes get involved in the conversation by leaving comments and messages This podcast is all about sharing ideas and building connections. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you're feeling kind, then leave us a review. Five stars are most welcome. Until next time, top up your coffee, sharpen your pencils, class dismissed.